0: Before we begin today's podcast, I want to welcome a new sponsor to the program, the Acme Corporation. From anvils to hand buzzers to boxing glove accordion guns, for over 100 years, Acme has been your source for the finest equipment designed to backfire against you in all your roadrunner hunting adventures. in the era of the fan. Now more than ever, our voices are heard, and we have a lot to say. With decades of continuity across all of our favorite fictional universes, this podcast is
1: here to take you through what is, what isn't, what could have been, and what is simply canon fodder.
2: Well, welcome back to Cannon Fodder, the absolute best place where we can tell you everything about the universes that you love. And today we have an incredible episode. Today's episode is Who Framed Space Jam?
3: That's right. We're talking about
2: we're talking about the combined Looney Tunes, uh Warner Brothers, kind of Disney universe. Um, and how they're intermingled in both the sort of semi-live action and cartoon movies that have taken place throughout the early 90s. And then obviously the most recent one um, with the uh, the newest Space Jam edition uh, that just came out here in 2021. So spoilers, Oof. spoilers <laughs>
0: for Space Jam and New Legacy, guys. So, yes. Yeah. Welcome back, everybody.
1: Yeah, I was like waiting for the spoiler. Yeah. Well, I thought you were going to say spoiler. Oh, there'll be spoilers throughout the episode. Spoilers throughout the episode.
2: Spoiler alert. It's not good. Yeah.
0: It's really not good. But yeah, much like uh, the shared universe of Alien and Blade Runner, uh, we're going to explore a more unorthodox universe in this episode. Uh, It's a cross-company kind of unofficial shared universe was more subtle and thematic connections. Uh, the universe primarily consists of hybrid animation and live action movies based off of the premise that is at the heart of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, the premise is that tunes aren't animated creations, but rather actors and celebrities in their own right. They live, work, and interact in the real world, and their animated shows and films are filmed like any live action movie. As of 1947, where we will begin our tale, all tunes from Disney to Warner Brothers to MGM all live in Toontown. So, starting off chronologically in this storyline, we're going to start with the 1988 Robert Zemeckis classic, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which is available on Disney+, and if you haven't seen it lately, it holds up. It's really great. Yeah, yeah it watch definitely it on, holds up. Yeah,
1: watch it on Disney+, Plus. don't rent it on Amazon Prime like an asshole like I did, <laughs> because I just assumed it wouldn't be on Disney+, Plus because it's mostly a Warner Brothers property, but... uh as Ed just mentioned, you know it's not, and I'm reading the document for the first time. So there we I, go. If i had read the document, how'd you get seven fucking pages out of this document? <laughs> <laughs> There's hey, a lot of facts and figures. You got to take man. these Looney Tunes seriously, <laughs> man. You yeah. can't. <laughs>
0: so you're right. It plays as though it's a Warner Brothers movie, but this is a Disney animated movie. This is made by, even though um, Spielberg is the is the producer of it. This is made by Disney, but. For anybody who's watched it, they have um, com- cartoon characters from MGM, like Droopy Dog, Max Fleischer's Betty Boop, Universal's Woody the Woodpecker. I, I think it's only something Spielberg could get. He got all these companies to work together to let all of their cartoons interact. And it gives you some great scenes. like So, true to character, Daffy Duck and Donald Duck have a rivalry and are fighting at a bar. <laughs> yep. Whereas Mickey... And Bugs are just kind of hanging out and having fun. Yeah. And everything in between. And so the the idea is that all of these characters, regardless of the company that they work for, all live in Toontown. And this is a film noir. 1947 is when it's set. And it's really great. There's murder. There's intrigue. Corporate espionage. It's wonderful. Yeah.
1: Who framed Roger Rabbit as a movie that, as a child, I liked because, you know. Everybody did at the yeah, time, yeah, of course. You know, it's a cartoon movie, yeah. But like when you watch it, it's like a fucking dark and twisted, fucked up movie. Yeah, it's very adult. Like, <laughs> yeah, it it, it very
2: it, it much closer to something like Cool World right. than it is, you know, something like Space Jam.
1: I definitely had, I definitely have vague memories of having like some nightmares over Christopher Lloyd's character. Um, uh, when I was a kid, like- especially the <laughs> face melting scene at yeah. the end, right when his face melts off. Yeah, it's know? like Indiana Jones when the guy touches the Grail and it's like, Aah.
2: yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, right. And and um, you know, the whole film noir detective style of the movie. You know, it's, it's very gritty. It's very you know kind of 1950s 1960s and it's it very cool it, it it really does still hold up to this day yeah,
1: yeah yeah i watched it this week and it's 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 a great movie it really is the like uh, the, and some a lot of the subtle things that like you watch it as an adult you don't pick up on as a kid. Like when uh, Christopher Lloyd, part of his like master plan is to create a freeway and fast food <laughs> restaurants, you know, and it's like, it will be the future. And Bob Hoskins is like this stupid idea. Who's going to ever want a, fr- what the fuck is a freeway? <laughs> like, it's No such, one's ever going to go for that. <laughs> yep. It's such an LA movie. There's like a
0: running, you know, runner uh, yeah. <laughs> joke throughout the thing, which is just like, Oh, nobody's going to want to drive everywhere. We have the best public transit system in the world. Oh yeah. <laughs> God, yeah.
3: Yep. Well, if
1: you've ever been to L.A. <laughs> and it's, oh, man.
0: And there's also – it's definitely made for both kids and their parents. And Great. what Very I love is so. that in the toon world, the equivalent of sex is patty cake. Yeah, patty so cake. So early right. on <laughs> in the movie, the way that Bob Haskins' character, Eddie Valiant, gets caught up in this whole mystery is that he is hired to help frame Roger Rabbit by catching Roger's wife playing patty cake – with Marvin Acme, who uh, whose company is actually what sponsored our program today, as you heard earlier, yeah. and <laughs> officially, what I love is that when they first say, "Oh, they were playing patty cake." You think it's a euphemism and then you see in the photos that he took in his with his camera as a PI they are literally they're playing, actually patty, playing cake. patty cake which is just it's just so great now correct but me, Roger reacts as though they're having
2: sex uh, right, it's very exactly, clear that right. it was a betrayal like as if they had an affair right <laughs> so now correct me if i'm wrong right so wasn't there a rumor that there was like a naked scene with Jessica Rabbit during the patty cake scene is
0: that So the legend is that this movie, in reality, sold out very quickly on Laserdisc when it came out because Laserdisc was the first digital way to see this movie. Right. So it allowed you to pause and change the frame rate in a way that you couldn't with a VHS. Right. And apparently, whether it was intentional or unintentional, if you pause it at certain frames, you see a naked Jessica uh, Rabbit. Rabbit. That's awesome. Yep. And, I mean, she is obviously, like... A very sexualized thing, like like that yeah, was very made overly sexual. That was made Probably. for the
1: adults watching the movie. Oh yeah, for <laughs> yeah. sure. That was for like sure. I remember, like also as a kid. I remember like when the mask came out. I was like, I was like, oh, it's Jessica Rabbit. Yeah, like Cameron Diaz's character. I was like, oh, it's Jessica Rabbit. Yeah, in <laughs> exactly. real life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and speaking of, um, so we're
0: going to do our first clip today. So we are not in wow. a shared universe. We are filming on our own here at, at the, the estate. At the estate. And so we're going to see if technically we can play our clip. So here we go, guys. Let's see if this works.
3: I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way.
2: That's right. That's She's not line. bad. She is just drawn that way. You know, there's that's that's a good, uh, uh, you know, kind of a good analogy for life. I think that there are a lot of people that, you know, you know they don't really feel like they're bad people, you know, but sometimes... Sometimes you're just drawn that way. Yeah, I'm
1: not I'm not bad. I'm just misunderstood. I'm just misunderstood. That's right. Well, just she's like that
0: classic, you know, um, Sam Spade or Philip Marlowe blonde, you know, sure. where she is, you know, the damsel in distress kind of and you and you're waiting for her to and you know, they, they fake that at some points in the movie you're waiting for her to betray Roger, but she really does love Roger. And it's very funny. And what I love about this movie too just as a film itself, it starts off with like a 7-minute short Where you just see... Because they're creating Roger Rabbit. Roger Rabbit... Showing him as like an actor that he is, like you mentioned before. Exactly. Because Roger Rabbit, he's a new character. He was created in 1981 for this novel who censored Roger Rabbit. But he had never been adapted before. It's not like he was a legacy Warner Brothers or Disney character. Even though he's at the center of all of their worlds going forward. So they start off the movie with a short. And the short is just him babysitting a baby who in real life smokes because he's an actor right (laughs) and this baby Herman so he's just he's just you know trying to protect him from all these shenanigans as the baby goes around the kitchen you know turning on the stove dropping knives all that stuff and then at the very end of the short you learn that he's an actor because he flubs a lot Yep. And then he gets yelled at by the director, <laughs> and then and then they call cut, and then you, they pad out, and you see that what you think is an animated room yeah. is actually a set that he's been acting on. Right. And
1: it's and it's watching again, watching movies like this in this day and age is so satisfying because, like, in no way, shape, or form would anybody ever allow there to be a character, animated or otherwise, of a baby. Smoking, like yep. people. He gives would, yep. the finger. Like, yeah, yep. and, and again, and it doesn't. Like, he pat the girl on the butt. Too, yes, maybe? yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and again, it's like the most. It's just like it's. It, it's an obvious joke. It's like part of the you know the 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 mystique of the the character and the show. But like in this day, like people just lose their fucking minds over it.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, this is this is definitely not a woke movie. It is no. definitely a movie that sort of enjoys making fun of of what people were like
0: in that day and age and right. these aren't second tier characters not like no. disney and warner yeah, just said have characters. fun with our smaller ones i mean they have i mean obviously they have the big ones they have donald they have mickey they have daffy they have bugs but, i mean they have dumbo yeah they have fantasia brooms like they have you name it because is all pre what what they call now the golden age of disney animation this actually helped usher in like all all those great movies, Aladdin, right. Pocahontas, all that, it really helped, you know, starting with a little mermaid, it really helped restart that whole animation process. But yeah. Yosemite Sam, you Sam could, was in it too, right? Yeah. My, yeah. Biscuits, is Sam. My yeah. biscuits is burning. My biscuits is burning. I mean, it's just so it's so great. And then at then at the end, when Toontown is saved, you have this great shot where you see every
1: one of these characters all together. Which yeah.
2: is on screen at the same time. Incredible. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah.
1: Um so. I know we're, we're not, like, there yet in the podcast, but the ice is melting, so I think we should move on to the drink of the podcast. The drink of the podcast. So, as you can tell from the title, <laughs> Who Frames
0: Space Jam, eventually we're going to get to another movie in this series, the 1996 classic Space Jam. And because of that, our drink of the podcast is Sincoro Tequila Blanco. Which is, this is just the.
2: It is the most ridiculous over the top bottle. Yeah. It, it really is. This is the so extra my yeah. yeah,
0: It is. It is at least two feet tall. It's such a douchey bottle. I swear. Is not. that one of the
2: bottles that you can turn upside down and you can take the you know, the cap has a shot in it? It does look like it. Try it, it out it. Yeah, Try. is that? That's sort of what it looks like. It like, does, a, it, like a like well, a. Is it eighteen hundred? That does that? Yeah, we flip it upside down yeah. and like
1: that's their that's their gimmick, you know? Yeah, fourteen hundred. No, nope. It's, it's just a, in it's fact, the it's a top that kind of falls over. <laughs> because when <laughs> nice. you when you when you look at the top, it looks yeah, it looks like it's, looks like it's got it. a bubble in there. I mean,
2: this is a very, I think it's just so it costs less. This is
0: a very <laughs> expensive bottle, which means to me to believe that perhaps the juice inside is not that great. That you know what? You yeah. believe is the it same glass? Juice? Yes. If like Space Jam has taught much. us anything, it's that in Michael Jordan we trust.
1: Yes, yeah, seriously, and Bill Murray. I can't like. I
0: almost wanted to have a Bill Murray drink, but we're saving that for Ghostbusters. Well, have the Paul Rudd drink.
1: Well, yeah, come on. I mean, Bill Murray is just the you modern know, day Bill Murray. You no, know, Bill Murray is just
2: the Paul Rudd of his generation. You know? Come on. <laughs> I can't. I mean, it's just... Uh, These are just facts that we're speaking here. uh, So I think it's important to talk about the the universe itself. So what we do here at Cannon Fodder, obviously talking about the different universes and how they are connected. So who framed Roger Rabbit? And one of the reasons why it's the first movie that we're discussing is because it really sets the tone for what is the universe? What is that cartoon universe? Because in Space Jam while they are cartoons they break the fourth wall quite a few different times in terms of talking about like agents and you know contracts that they have and money that they're getting paid right. and things like that and so just because you don't see the other characters like the Disney characters in this
0: these are all still the same characters from
2: Toontown
0: yes and for listeners of previous episodes, specifically the Quentin Tarantino episode. Yes, there's a similar uh, theme here, which is in the Tarantino and Rodriguez movies, is something called the movie movie universe, where mm-hmm. in his movies, some of his movies exist in a real world, and some of the movies he make are connected to those other movies because they are the movies that those people go and see. And so, the reason why we're not going to mention every Looney Tunes or Warner Brothers or, or Disney animated property in this is that right. Those are all the movie movie universe. So like the Merry Melody uh, cartoon, Steamboat Willie from the 20s and 30s. Yep. uh, You know, the Dumbo movie itself, even though Dumbo's in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, those are all like movie movie. Right. So if Roger
2: Rabbit ever went to the movies, he would see Steamboat
0: Willie. 100%. Yeah. We are mentioning the movies and shows where where we are following – actors who are animated as they go about making their movies. Right. So that's why so, so that's why we're not going to mention everything. It's not so yes, to a certain extent everything the looney tunes are ever in is canon. But it's canon as something they make, right? Just right. as yeah, though, yeah. like all of Brad Pitt's movies are stuff that Brad Pitt makes. But they don't have to be all connected. <laughs> right. And 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 so this this whole conceit was really Created by the 1988 movie, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Like that, and then it just kind of gets run. Concept,
1: is that what you meant to say? Conceit and concept, I think both work.
0: Well, (laughs) you know, (laughs) sure. (laughs)
3: You
0: know what, this is a perfect transition for our second ad. Um, Speaking of education, before we move on to our next segment, we have another ad from our friends at the Acme Corporation. Good news, everyone. Acme Acres' premier institute of higher learning and lower c- comedy, Acme University, is now accepting applications for their fall semester. Since 1933, Acme University has been your premier destination for tune shenanigans. So uh, go, go to their website, acmeluniversity.com, to find out more.
1: I feel like I'm gonna put like ad break music in for this because absolutely, it's like, it's like it's like it's like we hear podcasts like announcing like or advertising for Blue Chew and shit like that. Like, <laughs> like, ugh, get your Blue dick Chew. Hard. And what's the other one that I hear?
2: Uh, Audible. No, Audible is a huge one. It's a dog Roman. food, golden golden food or something like that. It's a dog food okay, brand. Okay, yeah, I know the they, Blue they, Buffalo is yeah. like a big one. Well,
0: if any of them want to actually. Advertise yes. with us. We are, <laughs> <laughs> we are completely open and the available. actual
1: Acme Corporation. Reach out to us on <laughs>
0: Ready, Set, Review
1: at <laughs> gmail.com.
0: So we are now moving on from the only Disney part of this universe. Everything else is Warner Brothers. So even though yeah. right. Warner Brothers right. allowed Disney to use their characters, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is a Disney movie. And from here on out, right. we're all Warner Brothers. Now, Now that begs the question, though.
2: So the Disney movies, like Fantasia, like anything that has Mickey Mouse in it, are those the movie-movie universe? They're all movie movies. Yeah, right? They yep. would be, right?
0: Yep. So the only other part of Disney that can be considered in the real universe is, Bad. is Toontown. There's a Disneyland um, – there's a part of Disneyland, just like there's Main Street and like Epcot and all that. Right. There's a part of Disneyland right. that's Toontown, and it's where – it's like a cul-de-sac, and you have the houses for like Daffy and Mickey and Minnie, and it's called Toontown because of Roger Rabbit. There's actually a Roger Rabbit ride there. It's both at the regular Disneyland and in um, Tokyo, right. so that's kind of like a in-world, in canon kind of thing. So it, it's interesting because this is a movie from 1988 that was mostly made, I think, for adults. It has like a kid thing, but it's very much like a, like like an adult movie. And even to this day,
1: it's still a premier part of the attractions at uh, at Disneyland. Right. Yeah, and, and it, yeah. it's funny to think how like today, this a movie like Roger Rabbit, um, or, or not, not necessarily the movie, but like. The collaboration of allowing characters to be borrowed, especially between Warner Brothers and Disney, would just never happened. It would just never happen. Well, huh. you know
0: what? Spielberg pulled it off again with Ready Set So One, Ready Player One rather. Sorry, uh, Ready Player One. Yeah. Ready Player One. Even though it's heavy on Warner Brothers' characters. Right, there's a little bit of... Yeah. He was able to get other characters in. Yeah, But, like that, but that movie sucks balls. But primarily so like, because he has, really has a great... Did. He got Universal, Universal characters in. in because he has a great re- relationship with the Universal. So he right, was like, right. hey, I'm producing this movie for Warner Brothers, but let me use some of your guys. But yes, yeah. but in both cases, you're right, Spielberg's the only guy who can do it because yeah. Spielberg, between his emblem entertainment and DreamWorks and everything else he does, he has his hands in so many pies. He works with so many companies. so. Right they don't you know they want to make another jurassic park and make a billion dollars so so they'll work with him in a way where that nobody else would yeah
2: and if it brings additional publicity and additional branding to their characters then all for it
0: yeah and then speaking know? to that so the next thing in this world is tiny toon adventures which even though who framed roger Abbott was spielberg making for disney he produced tiny toon adventures for he warner did. brothers he did mm-hmm. Tiny
2: Toon Adventures was one of my favorites as a kid. I used to love that cartoon. Um, I used to watch it every single day. So I've seen almost every single episode. And a lot of them are very... They have a lot more of those adult themes as well yeah. in, in Tiny Toons. Um, a lot of them are more little kiddish. But you know there are some of those ones that are more mature and more adult-themed. And, and just a really great addition. But the question is is Tiny Toon Adventures in the movie movie universe.
0: Ah, here's what's great. So they break the fourth wall on that show all the time. Yeah. So one could say partially there are some regular episodes of Tiny Toon Adventures that are in the movie movie universe. But specifically, the pilot to Tiny Toon Adventures begins with Daffy Duck being thrown out of the Warner Brothers lot after a bad pitch meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Just like an actor would. And then it's followed by Bugs Bunny at his Hollywood estate introducing the show. So this is another example of them pretending and acting as though like animated characters are actors. You know, like they you know you see um you see that Bugs has his has his Oscars along the wall. You see he has he's out by the pool and he's having a carrot and a cocktail. You know, the whole deal. So he is <laughs> he is Bugs Bunny who plays the character of Bugs Bunny. And then a little bit later on in season two, there is a cameo from the Disney character Roger Rabbit. Now we'll post the photo up online on our Instagram page. And even though they didn't say Roger Rabbit fully, bugs, bug, the Bugs equivalent, which is Buster and Babs Bunny, go to Steven Spielberg's studio, and they're not allowed in. And right. as they're at the gate, a big, long limo pulls up. Window goes down. You see a hand, and you see a very attractive woman's long legs. And he goes, oh, Mr. Roger, you can go right on in. So, you know, they, they're, they're kind of playing up that connection right but yeah so and oftentimes throughout the show like steven spielberg you seen on the show many times like there's this whole idea that like you know like they have to go to spielberg's um office to kind of work make sure that their characters or get better written episodes or all this type stuff so tiny Toon adventures is firmly
1: in a world where those are actors playing roles i absolutely love those those little things like the the jessica rabbit coming out of the limo with roger the like that's the little things like that are just what make these universes so fascinating
2: absolutely those little easter eggs and we'll talk more about that when we get into the the newer space jam but those little
0: easter eggs really do make the connections and they really they make it a lot more fun but there's a proper way to do it which i think this showed and i think space jam the new legacy i think improperly did it just (laughs) just, right because it wasn't (laughs) because it was ham-fisted whereas this is clever and small like Anybody could have shown up in a limo to go into Spielberg's office, right? Like, that's a a funny little bit. Oh, well, we're going to let this guy... Because what they're trying to show is that Babs and Buster Bunny aren't important. So they could have had anybody more important go in front of them, right? Right. But let's have it be Roger Rabbit, even though they don't even say it's Roger Rabbit. They don't show enough of him to be a copyright claim.
2: Right.
1: They just say, Mr. Roger. Yeah, exactly. Just enough. Just, Just enough.
0: And then here's what's interesting, too, when we get into the timeline of things and and. And how come in Space Jam, which we'll get to in a moment, they live underground? And how come in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, they live in Toontown, which is just a neighborhood in L.A.? Right. In Tiny Toon Adventures, all of the Looney Tunes now live in Acme Acres. Oh, that's right. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's right. And, of course, they go to uh, Acme University, one of the fine sponsors of this program. (laughs) And Acme Acres... Is a place where all of the Looney Tunes live. In fact, the Looney Tunes are the teachers at Acne Universe. Yeah. But what, so now you get into this theme was like, okay, so why did they leave t- Toontown? It's maybe, you know, like the events where they were almost slaughtered. Yeah. By We've, Judge Doom. Made oh, them maybe go, that's oh, the oh, thing is, is that they found
2: they had to go into hiding in yeah. underground in order to, you know, not cause a conflict between noids and doodles. <laughs> right? To to steal from Cool World. Right? So but maybe we're getting, that's yeah. maybe that's the key, right? And then they went into hiding and within a few years, just like things that are happening today, people think, oh, you know, they didn't really exist. They're just cartoons. Yep, They're just exactly. cartoons. Cartoons don't exist in real world and in the real in real life.
0: It's a hybrid. It's a transition. So what's happening is that like in the forties, everybody knows toons live in LA. They're there. Then when you get to Tiny Toon Adventures, Many of the toons are moving out. There are still toons living in L.A. Bugs Bunny has a mansion. But, you know, obviously the rich and powerful would be able to live and avoid persecution, you know, better than a regular toon
1: could. And it makes for such fascinating continuity because, like, you know, going back to Roger Rabbit, one of the things that they – or one of the central themes of the plot is that, you know, toons can't die except for, you know, this – goo acid whatever it was the, that, drip. You know, the, the, the drip the dip yeah. sorry not the, the yeah. dip. that's something yeah. more the modern dip, <laughs> yeah yeah the, the dip that Christopher Lloyd's character has yeah. you know um so it, it's fascinating when you think about in like continuity sense how like the tunes really can like you know are immortal in a sense and can really live through all different times throughout history and just still be you know them they're always like Bugs Bunny doesn't age you know no, so yeah, Bart yeah, Simpson is old. still yeah. a child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're saying Springfield is in Toon World? (laughs) Oh, is Springfield in Toontown?
0: See, there's no proof that it isn't. Exactly. Right. You know, I mean, if if you take this to its inevitable conclusion, all cartoons are sentient. Yeah.
1: And live in Toontown. In Toontown. that's That's why I make the argument that Cool World is just another realm or another world, if you will, within the Toon World universe, because Cool World is a movie Um, That was made shortly after Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And it's an obvious, not a rip-off, but like... they Inspired by. Yeah, Yeah. obviously inspiration of... And they they wanted to, you know, just like Hollywood is want to do, they had a movie that was very unique and different. um, The first of its kind, you know, mixing live action with animation. And they wanted to, of course, capitalize on it. It's like, yeah, let's find out another way to do this. They, of course, you know, Ralph Bakshi, enter Ralph Bakshi, a legendary animator in the the space. Um, A different style of animation than... What we were used to and seeing with uh, uh, Roger Rabbit and the Tunes and whatnot, but it's essentially the same kind of movie. It's very like noir, forties gumshoe detective type stuff. It has Brad Pitt and Kim Basinger and Gabriel Byrne's like like three very good actors. You know, Brad Pitt wasn't much at the time, but Kim Basinger certainly was. And so yeah, is she sure Gabriel was. Gabriel Byrne. Um, it was panned by critics. Nobody liked it, but follows a very similar theme of people getting you know interacting. The big the big difference is that. In Cool World, uh, so here's my theory of how it connects because in Cool World, it's it's established firmly that the world where the doodles or the dudes—they don't call them tunes for copyright reasons—which is weird because
0: I don't—I thought tunes were just anybody can say tune.
2: Yeah, no. That's interesting. Yeah, that. not when you're referring to a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Probably,
0: probably has something to do with like the way it's spelled. Maybe because too, of maybe like... because of Roger Rabbit, like in Toontown. Yeah, or, exactly. It, they, well, and Looney being... Tunes is yeah. copyrighted. No, but Looney Tunes is spelled T-U-N-E-S. Right, that's right. true because it's
2: merry melodies, exactly. right? Yeah. That's be, why it's the Looney tunes.
0: I'm, no, but they, I, I do like that they changed the name, though. They, that's they probably so just
1: honestly, they probably did it just to avoid any potential issues. Because like I think you're right. Yep. I don't think there really would be an issue with it, but they right. probably did it just to be like, so we not need to fucking deal with anything. Because right. they do draw a lot of characters that are similar. So that's 100. All
0: they're all made up figures, and they're, so that's part of my yeah, theory. So exactly. my theory
1: is that so in Cool World, right? They they are created the the dudes are created in this world, whereas in Who Framed Roger Rabbit and the other universe, they already exist. And they're created in Cool World by one of the, the comic book artists, essentially, who has, like, this magic pen. That's how you get sucked in between the two different universes or whatever. Right. So my theory is that all of those human characters exist in the same world as, you know, the Bob Hoskins and the live-action characters of that world, of the Toon world. And this... Uh, you know, it's not too far out of the fr- out of the realm of possibility to have some sort of magic pen, where what he's creating is an additional universe with his magic pen. Because when you look at all the characters, like you were just saying, Ed, they're all obvious, just like bizarro versions of Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck, and like they're obviously inspired by them, but they're like, like they're the exact opposite. So it's like he's created this, like, alternate universe within the Toon world because the animation style is very similar. but It's different but very similar at the end of the day. And, of course, there are so many other similarities. Um, So my theory is that Cool World exists... In the Roger Rabbit Space Jam world, but it's like literally just like the upside down of that. Yeah,
2: it's like the Bizarro world, yeah. right? So, and it, it, you know, it kind of begs the question, right? Is how do the other tunes? Because Jessica Rabbit says, "I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way." Yes. Who drew her? Right? Who right. is? We who is the, the, the creator? creator right? right. Yeah. Well, and then so, that
1: further lends credence to the Cool World theory because exactly the guy that drew the Cool World characters was essentially, I mean, he was in jail. Yeah, right. Like right. Did something wrong, right? And he, wrong, and right? he like, was a comic book artist. Yeah, exactly. So right.
2: yeah, yeah, the problem with Cool World was they took the idea of uh, Roger Rabbit and making it more of an adult, you know, kind of cartoon-centric movie, and they just went very heavy into the adult side. Yeah. Like, yeah. like and that's very Ralph Bakshi. That's very much his style of animation, and everything that he did was very adult- oriented animation so he was the perfect fit for that experience um and there was a lot of different movies that did the same thing around the same time right yeah where there was cool world there was a lot more of the adult sort of cartoons like even um even uh tales from the crypt had a cartoon episode yeah. around yeah. the same time of the three little pigs there was baby's kids that came out yeah. right which was a much more adult themed cartoon and this
0: is all in the All post-Simpsons. Yeah,
2: all post-Simpsons, but early 90s and in the Beavis and Butthead era, yeah, right? Where you're going to have that more mature sort of adult theme, but using more childlike concepts that so it provides a little bit of nostalgia there, right? So you're taking all of the nostalgic characters like what what had happened in Who Framed Roger Rabbit uh, and and giving them depth and, and showing them in a very different, more mature light.
1: Yep,
0: absolutely. Yeah. I don't look at that movie now. So it was made by Paramount Animation. Yes. yes. It's a shame that they yeah. didn't use any of the Paramount characters. Because Paramount owns Fleischer. So Betty Boop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like
1: a Betty Boop cameo was within their realms. I wonder if they just wanted to keep I, it away from the kids. Well, stuff. so I was actually reading about the production of this movie. So it's important to note that Cool World was like universally panned by yes. critics. Like, yeah, nobody liked it's it. It's one of those movies that I think is due for like an internet-style renaissance, you know, just because of how crazy and, and wacky it actually is. Right. But at the time, nobody fucking liked it. Um. But I was reading about some of the production behind it, and it was very much kind of like um like what what Akira Toriyama ran into with Dragon Ball Super yeah. where people shit on the animation and the story and apparently Ralph Bakshi um while you know being like the guy the creator of the movie didn't really provide a lot of like direction to the <laughs> animators and they were just sort of like doing you know the script was constantly changing and the animators were just kind of doing whatever they fucking felt like really oh, at the end of the day. I, I mean, yeah. And the
2: idea behind it is just so ridiculous. Like it's such yeah. a ludicrous yeah. concept where – a human falls in love with a cartoon and then tries to bring her over into the real world. Right. And but then... he bangs
1: her while she's still a cartoon. Right, right? exactly. <laughs> and it's
2: and then that's how she comes over into the real world. Yeah, it's like, very like
1: Tron Legacy, where like he like oh, he like somehow yeah. yeah like he's like oh, like they never really explain it, but like somehow Olivia Wilde's character at the end of the movie just is in the real world. Like he right. just fucking shows up. Right, her. right. Well, you,
0: you just imagine that they use that. Well, no, no, no. She she goes through the portal. Does she go through the portal? Yeah, the in end? fact, no. Well, oh, say, she does go through the portal. Because the whole thing. point of the movie is that. Oh, but wait. The but, bad guy's about to bring an army through the portal. Right. But she goes through the portal before. And then they destroy it after them. Right. So the but, bad okay, guy doesn't so invade her. Let
1: me amend my statement. What they don't explain is in, in Tron Legacy, they very clearly explain how a human can exist in the. Whatever they call the. There's a name for the world within Tron, right? Yes. But they never explain how a. Construct that was created in the digital space first can ever exist in the real world you know right. so like because right. so the humans going in it's, it's a digital, just you know, reverse whatever. logic exactly it's like, oh yeah of course it'll work yeah, yeah i was created in the you know in the fucking matrix so right I, of course i'll have human form and my organs are all normal and shit as long hey man as, as long as he got well, laid, and they like, say digital yeah that's the only thing I'm that matters sure. as long as yeah. garrett huddland got some like a good <laughs> <movie. Yeah. laughs> that is a that, that is a good movie i, yeah. I, 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 I would love to do a tron episode but what but like what are we bringing into well, I'm sure if we like dig hard enough, we can find some other fucking. Hey, we brought it cool. Sure, yeah. I mean, Tron: Tron Three has been in pre-production for like a, a decade at this point. Maybe it'll get made at some point.
2: Yeah, and Tron Two was not terrible. It wasn't. It wasn't as
1: bad as everyone thought liked, it was going I to be. it, like, it was, was okay. It was a very yeah.
2: okay movie. Yeah.
1: Um. Anyway, sorry.
0: Back to uh. Well, now that we've discussed Cool World, which is great, right. uh, it's a great ed- ed- addition, which I didn't think would be part of it. So I love it. Absolutely. Love your theory. Now so we've been drinking a
1: little bit of this, but let's give our review
0: now that we are officially starting Space Jam. Let's give our review of the Jordan tequila. We need to actually
1: we need to do just pour little little tasters into the shot glass because it's drinking it as a tequila soda as we've made here. I'm having a hard time getting a a read on how good or bad it actually is. It tastes from just from the drink, it tastes very okay. Um, that's a not a taster, that's a gigantic shot. All right, whatever, fine. I'm not going to complain. Um, <laughs> Even though you're just... And for those yeah. of you who Look, saw... The, I, want the, I, want the, I want the Asbury Distilling show. For those that, of you who like, saw you the Jordan documentary... You know, I, you know how I roll. Um, there you go, the Last
0: Dance, that, that famous meme where he goes, and I took that personally. Yeah. The drink next to him is this. Just right. It's the Añejo, yes. not the so, Blanco. Yes. So, it's let's,
1: brown. So, so, yeah, so we have the Blanco. So, let's just start... Just on the nose, it is very, like... Like methanol, alcohol. Yeah, like, it has that
2: rubbing alcohol. It, smell it, like to it. it is
1: just, it is, it's rough on the nose. It has this that not, strong burn. That it, I'm not looking forward to this. It's, it's deep a deep burn. It's like that Jose Cuervo
0: deep burn. tequila that people have a bad relationship with when they're like 18 and then never yeah, drink no, again. Dude, like,
1: yeah, like sorry Michael Jordan, but this this tequila smells like college. He's yeah, gonna take like, this
2: personally. This smells like some bad decisions.
1: I'm not looking forward to this shot, but I mean, right. we're gonna have to do. Well,
2: salud. So here is to Space Jam.
3: Space
1: Jam.
2: Only the and first one. And Michael Jordan.
0: Nope. 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 It's not good. I will have to say it's a it's smoother got, taste it's than
1: I thought. bite. The it's, nose is bad. It's smooth. It's not smooth at all. <laughs> it's, the, the moment it hits your lips, it's smooth, but that ends immediately. It goes down like fire. No, that's not good at all. Oh my god! Yeah, the aftertaste is terrible. Holy shit!
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: That is really, really bad. That is no
2: Casamigos, and that is no Terramana right there. That is. Uh, oh my god.
1: Put it. I'll, I'll put that in like a in a margarita. But that's it.
2: Yeah, that's that. You know what? That actually probably it, would be yeah. very good in a margarita. Fucking
1: cut it with, with something. A lot
2: of sugar. Yeah, <laughs> cut it with oh, a lot good Lord. of sugar.
1: How much, how much did you pay for that bottle, lad? 60? 60. 60-something? Yeah. I'm sorry. Do you want some money for that? <laughs> oh. I feel like I should give you some money for that. Well, you that's... know, I, I did it oh. for the podcast.
2: That's And that's the oh, important wow.
1: thing. Oh. Sponsoring the
2: podcast. Oh. Oh.
0: I, that, this might be the worst drink of the podcast, I think. Oh, by it's far. Ra- I would
2: rather
1: be. drink a can of Nas than drink that again. <laughs> that was fucking terrible. Nas was pleasantly surprising. <laughs> the the
2: Nas was surprisingly better than I thought it was going to
1: be. Wow. It's still it's still in my it dude. It it literally does it tastes like college. Like when you go to a shitty bar in college with your fake ID yeah. and you ask for tequila shots and they give you whatever somebody pissed in the night before, this that's is what well it tequila. fucking tastes like. Yeah. Holy you know you know shit.
2: that smell when you wake up the next day in college after you've been drinking and partying Dude, all night... that's that smell. And oh. you talk to, like, a girl who was at the party and she's still halfway drunk or, or, or a guy and they're still halfway drunk... And you've got that stale alcohol st- pouring out of your like skin pores, you know? Like, yep. why is it in such
1: a nice bottle? <laughs>
3: because <laughs>
1: fucking to fool you, you yeah.
3: fooled you,
1: fooled oh. <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for real though, it's like it, it like in my mouth already. It tastes like I have been drinking. For nine hours,
3: yeah. I went yeah. to
1: bed without either brushing my teeth or at least rinsing my mouth out, yep. and I vomited. And That's <laughs> what my mouth tastes like and, just from that one shot.
2: And now you're waking up and getting on an airplane to go home, and somebody has to sit
0: next to you and smell you for the rest of the time. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> so good S- God. So,
0: Sincoro Tequila, if you want to sponsor us after our glowing <laughs> review. <laughs> it's so funny, because I was going to begin Space Jam talking about how Space Jam is proof that Michael Jordan can do no wrong. Uh, it, it is it is a movie that, based off the premise, has no right being as good as it no. is. No, it and I really still doesn't. stand by that. Michael Jordan has done one wrong. This is like this is like the the Washington Wizards. Uh, oh, TKL, oh, Wow, is, is wow, where we are, guys. Wow. But, but but let's let's talk about good things as Anthony very forcefully closes up the bottle because we're done with that. <laughs> I love Space Jam. It is actually my favorite movie in this whole makeshift series that we're putting together. Uh, The key to this theory is that sometime after Tiny Toons, the Warner Brothers tunes have fully moved underground.
2: Right. To the center of the Earth's core.
0: Yeah. To the point that people really don't remember them being real. Now, Bill Murray remembers them and knows how to get there because he's amazing. And we'll get into that in a moment, but there are things that Jordan says, like "You're Bugs Bunny, you're not real." So, and like the kids are surprised to see the tunes. So at this point in society, people no longer remember the tunes. Right, right. They they have
2: forgotten about their existence, which
0: which wasn't that Christopher Lloyd's
2: whole purpose, right? They get rid of them. He wanted to get rid rid of of the the tunes. Yeah, yeah. So they went into hiding so that they. But in in essence he won. Yes. Right? Which is cool because it kind of puts a cool behind-the-scenes twist on that concept where Christopher Lloyd's character actually won and got what he wanted even though he died at the end of the movie. Yeah, well, in many ways
0: what he did is...
1: tune himself. That's the best part. Even though he didn't Uh succeed, Uh he came himself hit loathing. He
0: came really close and so he scared them away. But then, right? You might say having seen Space Jam, so we never see them on a lot filming anything. We just see them in this town. But there are a couple of small mentions, and that's why I'm going to play another clip here, that'll kind of show us, you know, what it is, um, you know, that ties it into Who Framed Roger Rabbit.
3: Speaking of toys, you know all those mugs and t-shirts and lunch boxes with our pictures on them, yeah? You uh, ever see any money from all that stuff? Not a cent. Mm, Me neither. (sighs) It's a crying shame. We got to get new agents. We're getting screwed.
2: Now, while that clip was, and it's just such an excellent clip, while that clip was meant as just tongue-in-cheek for Space Jam, yeah, it really does present an opportunity for it to be connected to a larger universe where exactly as we said, this is the realer than real. These are the real, yeah. this is like the actor Bugs Bunny, not the character Bugs Bunny, right? Right. So almost like the difference between, you know, like in wrestling, Vince McMahon, right? So you have the character of Vince McMahon and you have the real person of Vince McMahon. Yep. And while they're similar, they're not the same, oh, right? I
1: just, I, just, I just burped. The tequila's even worse. Mm. When it, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. So I think that
2: this this line, uh, while we t- terribly digest our, our terrible tequila, um, I think that this is really a clear indication of that they have agents they they are actors right and toontown still exists but only exists to the dun 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 hollywood elite could be as it were
0: And, and now we're gonna play our next clip now this clip helps support this theory to an extent but also raises questions as to whether or not space jam is part of the movie movie universe and we're gonna play this we're gonna see what you think
2: this is why I was born. I thrive on pressure.
0: Excuse me. Uh, oh, sorry. Yo,
2: yo, easy on the trousers, Steph. Easy, man.
1: Pardon me. Uh, Mr. Murray, uh, something's really been bugging me. Yeah? Just how did you get here anyway?
2: producer's a friend of mine. Just had a Teamster come and drop me off.
1: You
3: know. Uh-huh. Well, that's how it goes. Hey, you see the...
0: Now, when he says <laughs> the Teamster dropped me off, so people might not know this, but Teamsters, they're the union that drives all of the trucks and vans in Hollywood. So it's very common. In fact, this is what happens for most actors, especially one of Bill Murray's stature. When they go to set, they are required, unless they go there themselves, they are required to have their driver be a teamster. So that means that he is an actor acting in a movie, especially after he says producer. So this begs a question, is Space Jam a continuation who framed Roger Rabbit or no, is it movie movie
2: I would say that the basketball game within Space Jam is the the production is the movie movie however the the actual uh, movie itself and everything surrounding the basketball game is not
0: Oh, so it's being it's it's on TV. Correct. There's rights. Correct. Right. Almost like a UFC event or, or, you know, it's the big
2: basketball game. So that's why it has Teamsters. It has producers it has a director. Right. Because it's an event. Right. Of course. And so the producer being a friend of Bill Murray's is true because it's this big event that's being shown to all of the fans in the stands as well as. Around Another. Toontown and the rest and of the this Toontown is, and world. And this is
1: what sets the first Space Jam apart from the second one, in that the—
0: William Murray.
1: Well, not even that. I, I was going to say in the fact that, like, you know, the stakes in the first Space Jam movie are not that high. There's clear-cut good guys and bad guys— but, but they're comedic one of the,
0: villains, and right? What he, I mean, he's. But I guess he's threatened with slavery. That's not. That's I mean, kind of high. Yeah, but like.
2: <laughs> yeah, that is. I mean, it's a little tongue in <laughs> cheek, right? But I mean, the
1: the biggest mistake that the or one of the many mistakes I should say that the Space Jam, the second Space Jam movie, which, which why why couldn't they just call it fucking Space Jam too? Why yeah, why couldn't... Space Jam and New Legacy? They yeah, 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 can't do anyway, it. Like, Space like, Jam two. Like, whatever. Yeah. The, one of the biggest mistakes that that movie made was tying like. The existence of like an entire universe basically mm-hmm. to a fucking basketball game, like bringing all of these other real humans in and like More captured, like, basically, yeah, like, ca- yeah. like basically captured. Like, I just let, let, let's talk about this movie because I have so many thoughts about okay. this movie. Well, let's, well, let, if,
0: well, we're almost there, so let's just finish up Space can you stop Jam. My shorts, How it's great, you? and then here's where we have our. Our twist. Now, so after the original Space Jam, which is great, right. every right. word Bill Murray says is hilarious. He's the best part of that movie. Bill Murray
2: is the Paul Rudd of his generation. Uh, in many ways. In except many except ways. He's in many ways, except he's
0: better. <laughs> oh,
1: wait, 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 wait. Just real quick. I need to acknowledge it on a podcast since it just happened. Uh, I posted the Ready Set Review Rotten Tomatoes Fantasy League earlier. Nice. And Kevin Malazzo commented, he said, how can Anthony contribute to this when he's radio silent on the group chat? <laughs> Sick burn. Thank you. Thank you I loved it. Yes,
2: yes, yes. <laughs> I have nine million group this chats so that good. I am a part of. And I'm sorry, I have three hours of my day that are free to myself. <laughs> and I don't want to spend them responding to nine million group chats. I know that you are so self-indulging and suck your own dick every day. <laughs> Damn right.
1: Damn right, baby. Anyway, continue,
0: Ed. So, back to cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> so, sometime after the events of Space Jam, perhaps due to Anthony's great theory, which is that uh, this, this game was aired on TV. Right. So, I think now... Be, so, I'm going to kind of bring TV, that... TV, pay-per-view, Whatever it was. It was a big success. The, yeah, the fate of the universe. So, by the time of the next movie in this series, 2003's Looney Tunes back in action, Toons... Are back, living side by side with humans. So that's how successful right. that Space Jam game was. Right now they feel safe enough to move back into the real world. It's a more progressive time. Mankind has has evolved to accept tunes.
2: Right. Bill Murray, the Paul Rudd of his generation, was yeah. able to lead the tunes back into a. He's communion. a civil rights leader. He's a, 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 a civil a rights leader for the, with the uh, a covenant, if you will with with the the human
0: race the and, noids and Looney Tunes back in action which is good not great it has its moments it begins it has very few moments much like the first <laughs> episode of Tiny Toon Adventures it begins with Daffy Duck being thrown off the Warner Brothers lot after a bad pitch meeting <laughs>
3: which is so <laughs> and, great which
0: is the exact and and then but then what's funny is that it actually plays up the buf, uh the Bugs Bunny Daffy Duck relationship he gets fired by Warner Brothers And Bugs Bunny spends the rest of the movie, along with trying to help save the world, trying to get Daffy's job back. Because he knows that their dynamic is the key to the Looney Tunes. Absolutely. Which is is fun. Yeah. But yeah, it has has Brendan Fraser. It has Timothy Dalton basically playing himself. Except he's he's (laughs) also a real spy. He's a real spy. Yeah. So So he's played Bond, basically, just as he had in the real world. But he... Brendan Fraser and Jenna Elfman team up to take down the now villain, villainous Acme Corporation, our sponsor who we know this was all just a work of fiction guys. We know that you're great. Please continue to support the yeah. podcast. But and the Acme Corporation is trying to take over the world by using a diamond putting in a satellite, much like Fast and Furious, to turn all of mankind into monkeys. This is this is thwarted of course <laughs> by Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck working together. At the very end of the movie, it's proven to be meta because the movie itself is a movie. I I,
1: I did not watch. <laughs> it's it's very silly, but it's completely. It's the ex- one thing I didn't watch. I watched. No. I it's, watched both space jams, okay. and I watched. But it's uh, com- uh, Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Robert, thank Jack. you. But right.
0: it's completely right. based off of the same concept or conceit that 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 actors are both. People and animated. That that there's no such thing as a drawn movie that even if it's animated, they have to act. And there's a great scene, for instance, where Matthew Lillard is in the WB commissary with Shaggy and Scooby, and they're having lunch and they're talking about the movie that just came out and they're disappointed in his performance. As though like he had played them just as like, you know, an actor would play a real yeah. life person. And right. it's great. So it's but but now that we have good things. And when they break the fourth wall in
2: these movies, like that's yes. like the best part of these movies. When they do those little shots, when they. Because the Scooby Doo movies were terrible. They were right. not any good at all.
0: But I like this cameo.
2: Yeah, but this cameo is yeah. very cool. And yeah. I think that is what they. The problem of what they ran into in Space Jam A New Legacy. Because they took that idea. And they tried to dwell in that idea of the cameo, right? Same way as Ready Player One. You mentioned Ready the movie, the movie version of Ready Player One before, and very similar to the movie version of Ready Player One, it 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 was just too much of those little cameos and not enough of like the good story. And
1: it wasn't even that it was too much. Like I I am a firm believer that there's no such thing as too many. Cameos, But the way they were done in, in Space Jam A New Legacy were just so they, – they were done just for the sake of being done. They, yes. they, they contributed – they really, truly contributed nothing to the plot. The only one that even remotely came close to being relevant and good – Was the really drawn out one with uh, the Justice League, the Bruce Tim Justice League, right? And 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 that was and the only reason like that the only the only reason that one came close is because you actually got to see like like they made a joke and they stuck to it about the train going through Atlantis and going through like you know whatever and they stuck to that joke and you actually got to see the Bruce Timm style Superman and Flash yeah. and like show up and there was like a brief moment where they played the John Williams Superman song but then like they you see them you actually see Superman and Wonder Woman and the Flash in that style of animation and they don't speak they just stand there and instantly yep. they're gone yeah. like it was the like, but it, so again my my point is that the the cameos like when you're doing a cameo just for the sake of doing a cameo It doesn't work. There has to be some sort of meaning behind it.
0: Yeah, and and some of them work better better than others because the idea is we've now moved beyond this idea of a Toontown or Acme Acres, right? Right. Now we're in the Warner Brothers Now, again,
2: we know that it constantly is evolving, right? Right,
0: so this is interesting. This is to get into where this is, right? Like, is this movie, movie? Or how did Toontown become part of the computer?
2: So they yeah. took Toontown and they uploaded the tunes matrix using, style
0: using the Tron device. Yeah,
2: using the Tron device. It all ties so in. The, it there all it all is. Ties in. That's. I mean, that's that's it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. See, I, I think you I think know?
1: Space Jam Legacy. I, I don't think it's movie movie. I think it's like real than real. Yeah, hundred like percent. Because because other, because otherwise, if it was movie movie, the whole the whole stakes of the movie about. Enslaving these people within the algae rhythm, whatever the fuck it was, you oh know. My like, God, what like, a terrible name have, for yeah, a villain! I'm so bad, Mr. Like, algae Rhythm, like, played Don, by Don, Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle, you're better. You're better than this Don Cheadle. But it, it has to be realer than real because it wouldn't have any meaning if it was just movie movie. Like when you do the movie movie concept in Space Jam, because yeah. there's there are less stakes tied to the game, it works. When you have the kind of stakes that they've upped with, like you know his son and the whole fucking and the whole thing, like it has to be. Real than real, because otherwise it means even less than if it's movie movie.
0: And the basic problem is this is a movie about Looney Tunes playing basketball with NBA players. Yeah. And yeah. the original Space Jam had extensive cameos from NBA players. Yep. Right. Yes. It wasn't just that you saw Not only games.
2: extensive cameos, extensive story. Like, exactly. Like like there was like a lot of story around just the entire NBA and, and like they're freaking names. out, and especially yeah. in COVID times, yeah. going back and watching this movie where they fumigate the yeah. entire arena, they yeah. shut it down. They're like, "Why are these players losing their talent?" Yeah. Like, dude, like, the
1: golf scene in the beginning of Space its Jam crazy, is like so great because like that's so real world. Like, and they like, like, am I really supposed to sit here and believe that like? the LeBron James that they've portrayed in this movie is actually who he is. No. He's just like every other rich motherfucker, just like Michael Jordan was at Space Jam, sitting on the fucking golf course with his goddamn buddies, like, playing golf. That is what rich fucking assholes do.
0: And they're big names. Like, right? he gets Larry Bird. Yeah. Patrick Ewing. Charles yep. Barkley. Like, these are huge Muggsy names. Muggsy Bogues. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, they get a couple of bigger NBA and WNBA. I'm, I'm glad that they bring that in. That's nice. But they have small cameos, like you see Damian Lillard, Anthony Davis, Diana Taurasi, Clay Thompson, Ernie Johnson announces it, which is a nice. It, I like that they was got a, a nice real announcer. Yeah. That was a nice thing. Yeah, but like these players that they base the Goon Squad off of. So just like how in the original Space Jam, they steal the players and those tunes. The monsters end up looking like the people who they stole the the the, the powers from. Like the same thing happens, you know, like you know, like Damian Lillard's known for being fast, so he can control time. Like those, that's his superpower for his character. But anyway, they're a very small part of this movie. Like they shot like thirty second blink if you miss it cameos, and then there's characters based off of them, but you never see them again. So right off the bat, it's a much smaller world. There's there's less basketball. One of the things that does work about the movie is that they add in this kind of like NBA Jam style computer game aspect to the to the game itself, which right. is fun. But it's not NBA Jam. That was a huge mistake. Yeah, yeah. they was, could have yeah. gotten so the bad. rights to NBA Jam very easily. And they could have said, "Who's he's on fire?" Yeah, like, and actually lit up the basket. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, would have been amazing. Obviously, but it was fun that like so that changes the gameplay. But there's not enough. Looney Tunes. There's not enough basketball. Like that's the yeah.
2: problem. Yeah. Like yeah, it's supposed to be a movie about a basketball game, yes. and there's not enough Looney Tunes. There's not enough basketball. Dude, it's it's what so guess, it's and there's and it's so like there's a lot of agenda that's pushed in it as well. Yeah, it's so we, bad. Know, the, the The movie. Feel like, what you will about that.
1: Like 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 I said, the biggest the biggest or the most egregious thing that this movie does is is force these like dumb. Warner Brothers universe connected cameos where none of them work. The only for me, there's there's two thing. There are two moments in the movie that I actually legitimately can say that I laughed at and I enjoyed at. The first one was when LeBron first became a tune. Right, it was like a solid sixty seconds of just like classic fucking Looney Tune style and like quick humor jokes where like he's like you know he he's 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 short and he goes oh oh my god I'm shorter than Kevin Hart but it was like it was a quick joke they didn't dwell on it and it was great and then he he does the classic thing where like you know he puts the he puts the thumb in his mouth and he blows to like you know inflate himself back up but just like classic Looney Tune it's one of those things where it's like you know everybody especially in this day and age feels like there's something like negative about doing like classic humor right but the no. reason why it's classic is because it works yeah and yep. so then there's that and the other moment in the in in uh, is this is our, jam our last clip this yes. is our last clip here the, we go yeah so this play is it the right other moment in space jam said that I, I legit laughed at is the only other good part of the movie go at guard six six from north
3: Twenty-three, Michael
2: Jordan! (laughs) And it was Michael be Jordan yes which is like again like when I was watching great it great get great I, get good yeah. cameo I, I saw yeah, I, saw, really I saw
1: it coming cameo. a mile away I, like yeah. obviously that's what they were gonna do but it was even though you saw it coming it was still funny like yeah. it was still funny but and, again in a two hour long movie and it's the same movie, music yeah. from yeah. the original Space right. Jam Yeah, in it's a two hour wording. long movie though that's the only thing that was funny <laughs>
2: yeah and it was it was almost like they left that in to see if like okay can we really get Michael Jordan yeah and then when they can't so they're like all right, you know who we can get Michael
1: B Jordan. <laughs> Dude, and, see, and that's one of those things like so th- for me the entire movie would have turned around yeah. if it actually was Michael Jordan and they really made because up until that point the only real true connection they made to the the previous movie was when they recruited Babs Bunny yes. from the well the Lola, ba- I'm Babs sorry, Lola. Lola. Bunny, right? Yeah, Lola, Lola Bunny, Bunny,
0: who was created for the original Space right. Jam. She's not a big right. tune.
1: So when they when they recruited Lola Bunny for uh, um, from Am- the Amazon, which like that. Oh my God, that whole scene where they have Lola Bunny like doing the amazon like triathlon from wonder woman 84 like oh, oh yeah. god i wanted to shoot myself But that in the made face. more sense so than granny bad. being in the matrix. You know what that
2: felt like? It was so bad. Have you ever been around someone when you're at a party and they tell a joke and nobody hears it, <laughs> but they think the joke was really funny? So they tell the joke again, and they like look around to see if they get a reaction. Yeah, that's dude, what that scene felt that like. so because accurate. Because it didn't work in Wonder Woman 84, no. so they decided to tell the joke again, yeah. and it didn't work
0: again in this movie either. That is such an accurate description. <laughs> and can we talk about the terrible cosplay that's happening throughout this game? Oh, man. So this is a major movie that has full rights to these characters, and presumably- full access to the costumes and makeup needed to recreate these characters. And the idea is that in the final game, all these humans have been kidnapped by algae rhythm.
1: <sighs> <laughs> I, I can't stop it. As just... well
0: as all these Warner brothers characters, they're all watching the game in this, in the stands, if you will. and, they have all these characters. Some of them worked the Iron Giant's fun to see. Iron Giant see, was cool to see. And that's see a good the mystery connection with also
2: yeah. with yep. Ready Player 1. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You so potentially could be yep. same universe, Ready Player 1. And you see the Mystery
0: Mobile, and you see Space Ghost. Some right. of these are really fun to see. But then some of the like extras that they dressed up like people you know that are standing behind the bench are like terrible cosplay there's some guy yeah, who's so supposed bad. to be arnold schwarzenegger's version of mr freeze from batman and robin yes <laughs> he has that like blue yeah smoking jacket yep. oh. but it's so clearly not schwarzenegger it looks stupid you have like a version of the wicked witch from um wizard of oz, wizard of oz. Yep. you have yeah. like random agents who look like cosplay it looks like you and i grabbed our suit out of our dad's closet and put on glasses back when you we were going to see the matrix 2 when we were in high school like it looks that bad. <laughs> yeah. And like it's so ham fisted and just yeah. shoved down. But they your don't poke. even it's look like, oh, that
2: good. Nostalgia. Dude, yeah. Nostalgia. You know these characters. Also,
0: huge continuity error. They bring back the monsters. Yes, the right. Yes. yes, and they completely ignore all of the character development yes. and hard won. Well, presumably it's been
2: twenty five years since so that reverted happened. So they reverted the back. So back, you know? at the end
0: of Space they, Jam, yeah. the Monstars have become loony. They've, they, you know, they were just victims. Of right. Dan they Ackroyd's throw out. They throw out the bullying. Dan Aykroyd character. Yeah, and they become or uh, Danny DeVito rather, yeah, Danny and, DeVito's and, character, and, and they become, you know, like Looney Tunes. They live in Toon World and. And they're good guys now, but once you get to Space Jam: A New Legacy, now they're rooting for the bad guys. They're they're ob-
1: they're the goon squad. They're obviously on crystal meth. That's obviously the only. I mean, that's got to be it.
3: I
2: mean, the one dude always looked high yeah. anyway of the monstars. Uh, um, he, oh, yeah, uh, I will say so. This, right.
1: so the, the the last thing I'll say about this god awful movie before we 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 uh, wrap up here um, was the other. There was one other moment in the movie that made me laugh. Um, and at okay. first, I thought I was going to be very angry about it because of the way they set it up. But then they actually delivered in kind of a funny way. That one, like, where they where they, they randomly hamfistedly threw in Don Cheadle going, "King Kong ain't got nothing on me," and I was like, I, I, I heard like as he was saying the line, I "Yeah, was the like, Training Day line." Ew, yeah, ew. Yeah. But then they actually showed King Kong, and King Kong was like. What the fuck, man! Like, like that, that was, actually was really yeah, that funny. was like, a good one. That yes. was actually really agreed. funny. Agreed, agreed. So three moments in a two-hour-long movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's a lot longer than the original it's Space. So Jam. Yeah, long. It's the, so the original long. Space
2: Jam is ninety minutes in and out, man. Yeah, and that's the way that a movie like this should be. Yeah, like it should not be extended. It should be. A lot of slapstick, a lot, which the original movie was. You know, there's a lot of, you know, the classic Looney Tunes jokes. The original movie was. This, I think it has been too long since Looney Tunes was relevant to do a nostalgia movie like this with Looney Tunes. Because Looney Tunes really hasn't been, like, Looney Tunes was the cartoon. Yeah. Like, in the early 90s, for the previous, like,
0: 40 years. Yeah.
2: Looney Tunes had been the, like the cartoon. And
0: Space Jam was made in the wake of Tiny Toon Adventures, which even right. though it was like an update, like Bugs was in it. Like it, like, yeah, of like, course. it had that like yeah. Looney Tunes DNA. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, of course. And so, but, but it's been too long. So now they're yeah. trying to be nostalgia to too many people and too many things and trying to t- tick too many boxes And then ham-fisted with a lot of agenda and a lot of different... Because
1: at at the time, Looney Tunes, despite not having made a real, true, new Looney Tunes series for a number of years, was still relevant because as kids... You know, this is before streaming. This is before yeah. the internet. We grew up watching Looney Tunes because it was constantly on whatever cable fucking but channel Animaniacs, we were watching. Tiny but we were Toons, no, but, but... Of the
0: brain. They're all in that Looney. Tunes no, I world. know that but but they're but all but there.
1: I'm, but I'm saying, like the yeah. main Looney Tunes characters, yeah. though. We grew up watching cartoons from like the 50s and 60s and 70s. Oh, right? absolutely. Like, you know, because there was something new. Like, like Animaniacs yeah. was new, but like it wasn't like there wasn't like Bugs Bunny wasn't prominent in that. Right. You know, like no, so, so we it was still relevant at the time because so many people were watching. Yeah. Nobody is what. No children are watching Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck anymore, like on a regular basis.
2: No way, because right. there's no because Mel Blanc obviously passed away. Right, there's right? no new content. So, and they're not
1: replaying. You can watch it on streaming, but there's so much other shit out there for kids. Right, you are yeah. watching the new, you know, Paw Patrol or whatever. I don't have a kids. Where the kids, whatever. Yeah, people are watching, like you know, like
2: yeah, Ben Ten or I don't know. That's, yeah. even, that's, I think, even, I think that's even that's even that's even nostalgic. older than Paw yeah, Patrol. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't have no idea. But yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's just they tried to reach too far with a concept that was familiar to a boomer audience, and then tried to make it relevant for millennials, and yeah. then tried to make it also relevant for Gen Z. They they just they their audience, what they were trying to appeal to, was too big, and yeah. and they missed on all accounts. Oh, what yeah. they should have, they should been, have been to make clever. it more focused, regular basketball game, yeah. just yeah, just been less clever. Yeah.
3: But yeah. let's.
0: Let's now transition into the final sequence of our, of our episodes. This is The Fodder. So I want to get into... There have been a lot of abandoned uh, sequels and prequels in this world that it's just okay. to deal with. So one is, Who Framed Roger Rabbit 2? Now, the animation in Roger Rabbit is all hand-drawn, and it's amazing. Like, if you watch, there's the yeah. one sequence in the bar where uh, the light is swinging... And the light on Roger Rabbit as it goes back and forth, and it adjusts, and you see it—you see it. And like the animation is just so good, and so that—that that meant that it was a very expensive movie. And as we went further into the '90s and computer animation took over, it was more and more expensive to do hand-drawn animation, right? Because it became like that old technology. But right. in the early '90s, Robert Zemeckis worked on a sequel script, and they even did a CGI test scene back in 1998 for. Who Framed Roger Rabbit 2. The idea was would be a a sequel set in the 50s. It would be a bit more like colorful, you know, less noir, more like early TV, you know. And so that was the idea. That was abandoned in favor of who discovered Roger Rabbit, (laughs) which is a prequel that they worked on. And the idea would be, and it was actually written, the script by Gary Wolf, the guy who wrote the original book. This was all based off of. And the idea is that it would be a buddy buddy movie with Mickey and Roger Rabbit, in the 40s in World War II and it would be all about getting back to this immortality of tunes we talked about all about tunes fighting in World War II see an interesting concept the problem is is it would bring too much
2: attention to a lot of the more controversial WB Looney Tunes animation that happened there was very notoriously um, uh, and I apologize for this so if you have sensitivities I would advise you to do oh, so but uh there was a very notorious uh uh Looney Tunes animation that they did was Who Nips the Nips, right? And it was uh Bugs Bunny as he goes into World War Two and it was very it was ridiculous stereotypes. Yeah. And and a lot of of racist commentary and there was a lot of those type Yeah, there was propaganda. Yeah. Both Warner yeah. Brothers yeah. and Disney worked there on propaganda. A there was lot Daffy of the Commando. Yeah.
0: Where Daffy was like it was like a it was like a pro war serial where Daffy yep. the Commando would like yep. train to be in the army and like yeah. want to kill Germans and all that type stuff. So like there yeah, was it, one it was but, called but, the
2: Ductators. The uh, dictators, yeah. and it was oh, all God. of the World War II dictators that yeah. were together, and they were like they running were the dust. barnyard, yeah,
0: so I don't know if that's why it didn't get picked up, but it's just, I think it's just I think it's just the price involved, and like you know, like we kind of saw that with the new space jam, whereas you continue to have basketball stars, so it's easier to make another space jam, even yeah. though it seems like that time has passed. It's now been thirty years since. Who framed Roger Rabbit? So yep. even though it has a nostalgia appeal, it nothing has happened with Roger Rabbit. Like, so throughout the not early '90s, before like Dick Tracy, or um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, or all these other movies. Disney tried to keep Roger Rabbit going with these shorts. So up until, like, 93, there would be a short every year before a movie. Right. But since then, he's never really done anything. No, they don't show shorts before a movie. Yeah, like, if Roger had still been a relevant character in some way, maybe we'd bring it back. But since we don't see him, he doesn't have it. The other um, almost sequel I want to mention is Skate Jam, which was being developed in 2003. And we have some... Artwork. It's extreme! We have some artwork we'll post on our Instagram page that has Tony Hawk. And it was actually revealed by Tony Hawk. This was in development at around the same time as Back in Action. The idea is this would be the sequel to Back in Action. It would be called Skate Jam. Tony Hawk would be the Michael Jordan... Of this one, of course, and you know, it would somehow involve them having to skateboard to save the world. I'm not exactly sure, but you know what? I don't Airport, know, man. But I'm, I'm here, yeah, I, would, I would have rather seen that. Yep, I would have, yep. I would have rather, Jans. yeah, yeah. than
2: Space Jam, jam be, too. They should have done like skate jam, especially now. Us doing,
0: a, do, doing a, like, why didn't they just transition to other sports like Airbutt? And well,
2: yeah, oh, like Airbutt, uh, uh. but I, I definitely, especially considering that this is the first year that skateboarding has been literally in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Right, and Tony Hawk is such a big star in the skateboarding—not only in the skateboarding community, but outside of the... he is the face of the skateboarding yeah. community. Yeah. Like, if if you don't know anything about skateboarding, or you, that's that thing that Tony Hawk does, yeah, you know, Tony right? Tony you know Hawk who is, Tony yeah. Hawk is, and you know that he's a skateboarder, right? And so, like, like I would have much rather seen that movie today you know in 2021 then i would have the space jam but also
0: this was back 2003 this was in the heyday of the tony hawk pro skater games right like so it, it wasn't you know it wasn't just you know like a random oh let's just do skating no it was like let's Those were great video games. I didn't skateboard, but I loved those video games. Yeah, I mean, everybody did. And everybody
2: had the demo, too. Because the demo was... So you had that first level with that one song. Like, telling I'm a Superman. Oh, the soundtrack is great. the the soundtrack is amazing.
0: That level soundtrack to the movie, too. Like, that would have been great. It's it's a real awesome movie. The problem is that back in action didn't do so well. So they shelved this movie where, all along, this should have been the movie they were making. Right. And then our final piece of fodder which is a little bit of aspirational on our part, but this is where I want this series to go. And luckily, I have something to go on. Space Jam 3 starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, man. Okay. In the recent interviews, So, I'm on board. Michael D. Lee revealed that if he could make another sequel, which maybe he shouldn't because he didn't do the best job, but if he could... He wants it to star Dwayne the Rock Johnson. He didn't elaborate if that means it would be a wrestling movie. I would it doesn't love even that.
2: Matter, but yeah, I it would be, love that. It would have, have to be. A, can't, I can't would be love it and so have John Cena
0: plays into Looney Tunes. Yeah, jumping and everything. It's great. Yeah,
2: I that would be amazing. You would have a built-in audience. You would have a relevant concept. You could bring wrestling to the forefront again, right? It could be really cool, you know. I think that would be hilarious where it would have Dwayne Johnson and John Cena, but you couldn't have it without John Cena, you, you need both. especially um, uh, now, obviously Suicide Squad came out yesterday. Uh, Or two days ago. Uh, So there are a lot of people who haven't seen it. But if you haven't seen Suicide Squad, I strongly encourage you to go see it. Uh, 2021 is the summer of Cena. Like John Cena in Fast 9. John Cena in Suicide Squad. John Cena main eventing SummerSlam. This is the summer of Cena. uh, And you could never, ever do a movie like this without John Cena.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. So as we always do here at Cannon Fodder, and on the Review Podcast Network, reminding you to go to the Instagram page, both Instagram pages, Review Podcast Network and Cannon Fodder Podcast. Check the link trees to all of the other podcasts, not just Cannon Fodder, that are on the Review Podcast Network, Ready, Set, Review, Cannon Fodder, Talking Tacos, Political Partying, and The Mix, presented by The Local Fix. Go, like, listen, subscribe. Tell us how you feel about our thoughts on Space Jam. Is there anything else that we missed that should be included in this Space Jam Roger Rabbit tune verse? Um, probably someone's gonna yell at us about Animaniacs, but whatever. Go fuck yourself. We'll yeah, Animaniacs—that you. is a good one. Like that's a hard yeah, one. to Is fit it in. movie, movie or is it real? Movie, yeah, movie because, no. We'll do that. We'll because, do that in the it's wrap animated up. Of actual people, yeah. so it's like mm. weird. We'll do that. Yeah. We'll do that in our wrap up yeah. episode for the end yeah, of the year. The, year end wrap up. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, that's it. You guys know. You guys know the drill. We're up on all platforms: SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Come listen to us. Come check us out. Um, anyway, I'm Matt. I'm Anthony.
0: I'm Ed. And
1: this
2: this is Cannon Potter.
1: Potter. That's all, folks.